This episode is brought to you by the official coffee of the Chromecast podcast, Fresh Roasted Coffee, who we've partnered with to make a special edition Chrome Unboxed anniversary blend. Here at Chrome Unboxed, we're not just nerdy about Chromebooks, we're also coffee snobs. And look, we wasted a lot of time hand roasting coffee before we found Fresh Roasted Coffee, and we haven't looked back since. This coffee is roasted fresh to order, immediately packaged, nitrogen flushed and shipped directly to your door. And although we can't officially say that this Chrome Unbox Edition tastes any better than the normal anniversary blend, that is the word around town. But don't just take our word for it. Pick up a bag for yourself and let us know what you think. You can grab a bag over at chromeunbox.com forward slash coffee. Welcome to the Chromecast the official podcast from Chrome Unbox, where we unpack everything from hardware to software in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS so that you can be more informed on all the latest updates, changes, and devices. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Chromecast. My name is Joe Humphrey, and with me here today, we have Robbie Payne. I knew it. I knew I was going to stay first. I was yeah. on my phone, so I and figured he would pick me. Gabe's yeah. not paying attention. That's Gabriel Bringers over I'm, there, that other I'm voice. I'm responding to someone who said hi on Instagram, okay? <laughs> nice. <laughs> One of the 7,000 that have messaged us we, this uh, week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, I guess we, could start, we can start right off yeah, the bat with the giveaway. Let's, let's chat about that. We are See, giving away... Segue. <laughs> we are giving away five... Lenovo Chromebook Duet 5. Count them. Five, five Duet 5s. <laughs> it was just a matter of time before he found a reason to sing <laughs> my, on the my wife, My wife really wanted me to do that in the video. And I was like, Did she really? Oh, yeah. Oh. She wanted us to really craft a whole like 12 days of Christmas. Oh, and really I am in. so glad oh, that you like, didn't. But all the other 12 things. Like, what am I, gonna, I don't know what to do with all yeah. that. I am so happy that I you mean, did that would have been that. funny. But you wanted a five Duet 5s. <laughs> I'm out. Hey, Josh, you want to go to lunch? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it it's worthy of it's fun. It's worthy of song. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It makes me want and, to and sing. And it's cool because this this video, if you haven't seen it yet, go go see it. Uh, it's on the website and the YouTube channel. <laughs> go get tickets. Go get the tickets. <laughs> go see it. D just sell your Spider Man tickets and go see this. Yeah. Now, uh, it, it's really cool because they did something a, a little bit out of our, our vein and it's something that I personally like. I'm a huge fan of uh, Lou uh, uh, Unbox Therapy and this kind of had a little bit of that feel to mm -hmm. it. Just the opening scene. I mean, mm -hmm. the video's pretty straightforward, but I just I like that kind of stuff we, where it's a little cheesy, it's to, a little campy. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. yeah, We're trying to let out a little bit more personality yeah, here yeah, and there. Yeah, we like yeah. it. Yeah, which is which is fun. It's a, I it's wanted to do this like transition. two years ago, but Joe said my personality was too too big for the big screen. Too big. I don't remember saying He's, that. No, no, no. no. <laughs> you are too sexy. <laughs> no, it's If nobody remembers that, welcome to the Chrome. How you say? A show cast. <laughs> no, no, no. You are too sexy. <laughs> Who is that? Horatio Sands. Yeah, Horatio yeah. Sands as Antonio. Bader. Should I take off my shirt? No, no, no. You are too sexy. <laughs> <laughs> That was one of my favorite SNL skits. Yep. 
Uh, was it uh, Chris Catan played? Yeah, uh, yeah. Er, early aughts, I think. Gosh, yeah, man, that's Chris that Kattan. is an old cast. He was that was peak. That was uh, you had that, and then not long after that, you had uh, uh, what was Chris Catan's little monkey character that he played? Oh my uh, gosh, Mister. Oh, t- I don't oh remember God. the name. Uh, he would like eat stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> then The Rock came on as like his, and he was the big version. Yes, it was. Uh, the Rock is so animated, man. Yeah. I love yeah. watching him. And stuff. my favorite Rock, my favorite Rock skit ever is when he played Barack Obama. <laughs> Like it's the Hulk Barack Obama. Yes. So he had, you had at the time you had Jay Farrow, which could imitate anyone. anyone. Yeah, yes. yeah. Jay Farrow, you know, doing his his Barack Obama, and then he would get mad or whatever, and then they you know switch it, and it's the Rock busting out all of all of his clothes. Oh, it's oh, so good. So uh. funny. Anyway, so we're giving away. Some what are we talking about? <laughs> giving away some Chromebooks, tablets. Uh, Reviews probably going to be out uh, maybe today if Robbie gets it written and it's posted. already written. Bro. Oh, it's on it's on Robbie oh, yeah, now. It's, it's on uh, Robbie. It's, it's, yeah. yeah, yeah. The way we're doing this now, the script is kind of the the written. Yeah, I, I do have to tweak it a little bit, but that's yeah. that's a thirty minute project. We need to shoot good. a thumbnail, and yeah, video's done. Uh, it's sneak peek. We've talked about it before on here already, but yeah, I think I've given peek, it's, everything it's, away. It's, it's it's dope. It's great. Yeah, the the Duo Five is awesome. The Gen Two <laughs> processor is faster than I. Yeah, I was did. trying yeah. when I wrote the po- post for the giveaway video. I was trying not to give the review away, but I did say that yeah. this is the first time Robbie's not walked away with a bad taste in his mouth. Yes, yeah. because yeah, tablets, I just they they've don't just really been, do it for me. There's never been one where you're like. The slate, awesome. the slate screen is awesome, and the hardware is oh, really awesome. But there's just weird so much that about device. it that you're like, nah, I could never use this. Well, and on it's a heavy daily. as all get yeah, out. So it's try to it is a try slab. to set and hold it for and the any, rounded the rounded edges make yeah, it actually kind of hard to hold on you to. Yeah, so and the bezels to, aren't very big. No, so you, so you have to almost set like, it on your lap or yeah, something. It's strange. It's weird. Like I do nail so much of this. Uh, I'm hoping yeah. it's it's like, hey, this is the first of a lot of devices like this. We're going to talk about some ARM powered mm-hmm. things but arm is what makes some of this possible yep. so. and i and i think because you know you had the rock chip tablets that first came out the what was the tab 10 and the ctl yeah, one cbs 3399 yeah and then uh you know you've got your lower end media tech tablets and and both of those i mean the rock chips a, a absolute turd but the media tech it's okay for just like basic basic use but I think that the attempt to make tablets for the education sector could be revived if they would look at that 7C Gen 2 that's in the Duet, make a small, portable, 10.1-inch, rugged tablet like yep. the Acer or the Asus, yep. stowable USI stylus with the 7C2 in it, and, and put I, two ports on it, not one. And here's the thing, hit. Like, I don't know, I don't know the, the uh, logistics of the pricing for manufacturers but i feel like the the mid-range mediatek chip that's coming the 820 and the 828 uh sorry yeah Campanio. i keep forgetting which ones we're talking we're calling them Campanios now uh the Campanio 820 828 uh 8192 yeah <laughs> um the, that chip i'm thinking's probably and i would think would be in line pricing wise with the uh, snapdragon just because qualcomm's probably a little overpriced because of their market share uh so if you can get that chip, because it's going to outperform the 7C mm-hmm. Gen 2, like I think it's going to be more on par with the one we're going to talk about in a little bit, this new one that they've put out, the 7C Gen 3. I think those are going to be more have a little more parity between the two. But yeah. where are they? Are um, they calling it the 7C Plus, plus yeah. Gen 3? I'm like, why would you call it Plus? Why don't you see 7C Gen 3? Well, then they did like that. What's so the new the new Windows one is the 8CX, right? But that's what they've called it. Yeah, for years. It's oh, the but 8, they didn't add a Plus on that one. Plus or 8CX oh, Gen 2? Yeah, it's I thought it had. Something else on it, yeah. I kind of, 
and it should be in a Chromebook, honestly. Yeah. We, right. we, we'll get to that in a minute. Another but conversation. Like this, this tablet, though, like, I don't know. It's just a, I feel like it's an inflection point. Like, it's one of those ones. It's like, yeah. this one is super duper close. You get a little bit better processor in one of yeah, something exactly be. like this. And I'm, that, that's what I'm maybe, carrying maybe. and working from all the time. You know what's maybe funny? Maybe a three by two screen. What? Yeah. What's funny is my or sixteen by ten. Yes, I've by 10. yet to actually use the. I mean, I, I handled it when we got it in, but I've yet to actually work from or well, use the well, Duet Five, and I I'm already enamored with it because right. I can see how happy Robbie is with it. Well, like until you know, I threw Robbie, it on the ground. I was gonna, <clears throat> dang it, you blew it. Out. <laughs> <laughs> he had. No, to, I'm, I'm 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 taking control of he, this narrative, he, uh, sir. Yeah, I mean, you hmm. could have used it if Robbie didn't destroy our review unit. It's fine. I did. I put a hurting on it. Um, it and, and I wrote an article about it. Article. Hey, so, uh, yeah, if, if you're carrying around a super thin and light device that the edges are exposed, even if it's a tablet, you might want to throw it in a Funny so, story. My wife dropped her phone face down the other day and shattered the screen, but I don't know. Nice. Pro? Yeah. Ouch. Oh, yeah. Yikes. That's why she has the six right now because I've got it. I have to drive to Shelbyville to get the screen fixed. Oh, that's right. That's Yikes. Right. So, yeah. And, and I, again, I wrote an article about this, but, you know, uh, it's funny. Like, I, I always carry, normally I carry a Chromebook and I have a backpack. So I put my Chromebook in my backpack mm-hmm. and I walk away. That's kind of the protection you get. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so it's it becomes the case until I'm at wherever it is I'm going to work and I pull the thing out. And because laptops are bigger, like, I think the way that we handle them is just different. Oh, so, absolutely. Like, I probably knock on wood here. Um, I can't recall the last time I just, oops, dropped a Chromebook, like, yeah, you know, like a normal Chromebook. I, or seen any of you drop a laptop. Like, it's just no. not a commonplace thing. You, you, you pick it down, up with two hands. Right. I, and because I you're dropped, not fumbling I, with it all the time. And I dro- like, I've dropped the slate at the house a couple of times, but tablet. Yeah, tablet doesn't count. Yeah, so it's too that's heavy gonna, for That's you. actually going to make the point that I'm trying to get <laughs> mm-hmm. to. So, because that's the case, and that's just how we handle laptops. In my mind, the 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 Duet Five, that's a Chromebook. <clears> so, and it's you know clothy exterior of the back piece and the the keyboard make it almost feel like it's kind of in a case already. And so, I just had gotten into the habit of I let it sit on the side of the desk. I would pick it up and take just take that home. That's it. And so, uh, I talk about this in the review, but. That was my go-to, and I, I left whatever Chromebook I was working on or reviewing or whatever on my desk. And I didn't take a, a, a quote-unquote Chromebook home. I took that tablet with me, and it was my at-home thing. And I, you know, it, it's been really cool. It helped me review it and use it. I think in more of the settings that it does well in. Uh, and so I, I don't know. I just never thought about putting it in case because I'm like, ah, oh, you don't drop Chromebooks. It's like it's not that big of a deal. But the more I think about it, like. The way that I handled that thing, like I'd chuck it in my trunk or I'd throw it. And I, I don't have a trunk. I have like a opening in the back. It's in like a little SUV. Uh, but or I, you know, chuck it in the passenger seat or whatever. And so Just I was handling it, it a bit more like a phone. And, and and without connecting the two pieces together, my phone's always in a very protective bounce, bouncy type case. This is not in any case at all. And I, you know, done what I needed to do, looked up something, or I wrote something or whatever on the way to a family Thanksgiving thing, and then I put it down next to me. So I was in the passenger seat, and I put it down by the seat. And I was like, it's fine, because I thought it was kind of between, you know, the, the part of the frame that comes up and the seat. Like, it's not going anywhere. And I guess it didn't get all the way down in there. So when I opened the door to get out, it just fell straight out of the door. And it so it only fell like 18 inches, yeah, but onto concrete. Slightly and unrelated, but I think I may have just gotten to the bottom of what happened to the surface. 
I destroyed it. Are you serious? And didn't say anything. I bet. I bet. My, he, he destroyed I, it. I bet it's in. A, want to tell I us. bet it's in a dumpster somewhere. <laughs> no, I'm just uh, kidding. <laughs> I don't throw away batteries. <laughs> <laughs> I thought for a second you were being serious, and I was like, "Oh, no, no, no!" I would love to I'm know where like, that is. It's a tablet, and Robbie has just admitted that he has an issue toting around tablets. I feel like I have to have had that. No, I don't. Device. I feel um, like it's got to be Robbie. In my house, Robbie took it home, it. and then we can't find yeah, it. This hmm. is not a dig to me to you. <laughs> I just because my car's messy, it just is. I, I use my. No one ever rides in my passenger seat, so I put boxes and stuff in my front floorboard, and then I have kids so the back seat's just inherently is the duet nasty. under the passenger seat yeah. of your Honda. the duets the or i'm sorry the, the, the box no. crack and sad but i would have never thought we need to i would never slide any and like again this isn't a dig i'm just like yeah i don't know that's but just, i put stuff put between stuff my in? seat and the console sometimes really yeah, yeah See, like, i don't I ever really do that a folder uh, or whatever because if something slid under the seat it would drive me insane yeah, Plus, well. the size of that tablet, like it just yeah. literally just yeah. sits in that little spot. Like, Maybe I, I need put to Chromebooks. start doing that. I put yeah. my Chromebooks. Again, the whole point is <laughs> we're like, getting off track here. Yeah, huh? like Chromebooks and laptops. I don't know. They just handle different. And though it's yeah. a Chromebook Duet, it's a tablet, and so you're inherently well, going to start it, handling like a mobile device. Mm-hmm. So put it in a sleeve yeah, of yeah, some sort. There nice are little, little neoprene sleeves. Yeah, it's a 13 inch. 16 by 9 device so there's a ton of options probably by a 12 inch because it's the bezels are so tiny it it handles more probably like an 11 or 12 inch yeah go to best buy find let's, it a, just a tiny yeah slice. Targets it need, makes it a ton much. of the 12 to 14 inch ones let's go ones. buy yeah. a couple and we'll just do some social about it yeah Done. that's a good idea there you go give them um, away bet yeah. bet best sleeves for your yeah or heck we can write an article about it yeah, I mean, go go test a couple and see if they fit yeah um but yeah, so anywho, we, uh, we're super stoked about this. Uh, Lenovo was kind enough to, to send these over, and we're it was giving really cool. away five Duet 5s, yeah, so actually, it's just perfect. Usually we have to ask for this stuff, and, and I don't remember how it came up. We were talking about something else. I think you just they said, said, hey, hey I've, I've got a stack. Would you all like to give some of these away? I'm like, Absolutely. Yeah. And it's this one's taken off. So if you're listening to this, uh, and it's before December 10th. At 10. At 10 a.m. The 10th at 10. The 10th at 10. Five two at five on the 10th at 10. Did you ever figure anything out about the stylus? Do we know? Is I've there a different a firm, stylus for this device? And I still have not gotten a it's firm so answer weird. on this. That, that the stylus, from what I was told, was just the regular stylus. Yeah. I just don't know if does ma- it does their stylus maybe come with a little holder? No, is it? No, mag- I, I bet you it's magnetic in it because the magnets on the back of that thing, as I w- found out yesterday trying to film B roll, are very very but the strong. Picture the picture shows, shows this, little like this little cup, cup oh. thing that yeah. it fits okay. in. But I thought I, maybe there's just it's. I don't if think it's exposed, it comes with it. If it's exposed, it just. Pops yeah, on there that would actually be make awesome. more sense. It, but it shows this little like silicone thing oh, that didn't come with yeah. that. Huh. And yeah, I asked I for some clarification, uh, and they're like, "But oh, there's let a me get hole in the thing, right?" Yeah. That's what I was saying. And if it's magnetic, you, you put the 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 rubbery piece on the inside of that, basically. Uh-huh. So there's like a slight indention that it would. So fit. it has to be made for that device. Well, I think they do so the same thing on the, like, the P11s and stuff too. It's the same cutout. Yeah. So yeah, I think yeah. if you maybe if you buy their tablet USI pen, it would have because they have in two the different USI pens listed on their device. They both look exactly the same. Let's just buy them both and figure it out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the uh, that's Joe's answer. The, just, <laughs> just buy it. Just throw money at it. Joe. <laughs> well, I mean, at that's the end of the answer. day, it's probably a pretty cheap investment to see if this works. You're right. It is one of the cheapest USI pens on the yeah. market. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, we've got five of these things to give away. And and if so, again, if you're listening to this before December 10th, 2021, make sure to go get entered to win. We'll include a link in the show notes and everything. Uh, we're doing just a kind of shorter giveaway period for this one because of the holidays. We want to get these out there. So we're just, it's 10 days. Go get entered to win. Don't wait. If you're listening to this, just go get entered to win. There's a few yep. things you, you can do to get extra entries. Go through, fill all those out. And yeah, maybe you can win a Lenovo Chromebook Duet Five. This is the five hundred dollar model that you can get at yeah, Best 8, Buy. Eight one twenty eight. So eight one twenty eight. It's a nice device. Pretty sweet. Um, one lucky winner. I'm just going to go ahead and tell. I'm going to let everyone know. One lucky winner is going to get an open device. <laughs> People are like, wait, what? What? You like how we're spinning it's still, that? It's still new. We just it's may or may new. not have had to use it for b-roll because robbie cracked the screen on the other one what's funny is i, I for your out, trouble i told lenovo we're gonna yeah. that i did this and they haven't they've been care. talking about ces stuff they don't yeah. seem that interested they, yeah. yeah for your trouble we'll we'll throw something in the box yeah we're gonna figure out something to put in the box and probably something we get off of robbie's desk yeah we're gonna give you we're gonna give you one random item <laughs> out of robbie's backpack Okay, I got a lot of crap in my back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're you just gonna, you're it gonna could be an HDMI like, cable. My, my desk is pretty sparse. I don't know what <laughs> you're I'm looking get, at. It. No, no, like, no, we're going backpack. Okay. It, it might be a tablet. It might be. It might be another tablet. <laughs> it's gonna be your. It's gonna be your iPad. It anyway. might be his checkbook. <laughs> it might be. Yeah, his checkbook's in there. Also. Uh, yep. <laughs> it might be our a top random off, display. Our top off gift cards that I got. Whoa, right whoa, hey, whoa, 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 whoa! See, whoa, yeah, whoa, when I heard on. you guys. Hold on, hold on. Hey, I got a Jersey Mike gift card over there. There you go. Just put no, it in gonna, my backpack it, and then pull the, it out. We're going to find a couple little goodies to throw in there. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what one person's going to get an open box. Sorry. But, hey, it's still a <laughs> it's still, it's still a brand new device. We literally have just filmed a couple B-roll shots with it. The fun it. part is that, like, when you – if someone sees the video of our, our review, especially if it does really well, um, you can look at it and be like, Oh, that's that my, one's mine. That that, that is that's pretty, the that's one that I got. I mean, not that we're cool, but that is pretty cool to yeah, know that you fun. have a device that is on a, a, a YouTube. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, go get an win before December tenth. What's it? What is it called? P- Tab P eleven. Is that right? P eleven Pro. Really? Pro. There we go. Yeah. So I'm over here off in my so own world. Since we uh, since we've talked about some of this ARM stuff, let's go ahead and talk about the Qualcomm yeah, stuff. Let's do it. Qualcomm just had their summit out in Hawaii. Yeah. If anyone from Qualcomm is listening and you want to give us an invite next year, just email. Yeah. Yeah. yeah email. Yeah. <laughs> email us. Hit us up Joe's on Twitter. Like, uh, just hit us up at uh, Joe at Chrome Unbox. Got info at chromeunbox.com or just email me directly. That's fine. Uh, but we. Um, Sorry. Yeah. We honestly, I think next year, especially if they're going to continue to work on this compute platform. I would love to be there and be able to get some hands on yeah. and, and do some, do some, uh, uh, yeah, do some stuff for around that. So they announced their new. What are they calling the the phone chip? Uh, they're changing the name. Eight, eight, just eight, eight, eight Gen One. Yeah. yeah, Gen One, which is kind Smart. of interesting. I like it. I, I, they all need to just yeah brand your stuff better. I mean, learn from Apple. People can go, oh, is that the M1 or M1 whatever? Like, cool. They understand. Like, it's very simple. You know, when it's SR862C, like, no one's going to remember this except people like us. Yeah. So, that's not a good marketing strategy. So, yeah. I would, it, oh, does that have the Snapdragon 8 in it? Okay, cool. Huh. I know 8 means best. Right. That, so, leave Snapdragon 8 is just what they're going to stay with. 
and it'll be Gen 1, Gen 2, Gen yeah. 3. Yeah. And so which gen? Is this the latest gen Snapdragon 8 processor? Cool. Yeah, cool. Move yep. on. In the conversation so are they doing stuff. this with the compute platform too, or is it? They kind of already had. Yeah. Uh, I think they basically did. So that Snapdragon. 7, and then you had like the 7C. 8C. Okay. 8C has been their, the top of the line compute yeah. chip since yeah. the beginning. Cool. And 7C is the and then Oh, yeah, because they period. did Gen 2 for... Yep. Okay, that now makes sense. They the announced C Gen is just 3. The, okay, Why they compute. added a plus, I don't know. I think that's super <laughs> stupid. Yeah. If anyone from Qualcomm's listening and here, that doesn't make any sense to me. Like yeah, why that's just if it was a seven C plus, doesn't that inherently make it different than the seven C? Yes. So why do I need Gen three or Gen two on that? So if you're gonna use the Gen thing, great. Stick with that. That's it. But they're saying but they're are they trying to say is there a, there's no seven C Gen three plane. There's only seven so C plus have Gen a, three. This is a higher clocked like oh, something. It's a better yeah, processor. It's a much better chip, but it's not that's a It could have just name. done seven C Gen three. That's sure. all you need to do. It's the, the new one, one. What is their plus? It's the what best plus? one. All right. And if you're going to do a plus model, just make it Gen 4. Yeah. That's how this works. Sure. Like, I, so for one one step forward for marketing, one step back. Yeah. So kind of in the same spot. But all that being said, um, you know, they the, the Snapdragon, I'm, I'm pulling my post up here about it. Um, they didn't give us any key specs on cores, which I find really interesting. Um, and maybe they're going to get away from that, which honestly, yeah. Most you know, people don't really again know what I, it means. All these chip makers now that Apple's in the ARM game, they're going to emulate what Apple does. They're going to keep aligning themselves more closely with how Apple presents their SOC to consumers. And so, if if I asked you which ARM Cortex cores are in Apple's chips, can you tell me? I, I don't have know. No idea. I don't even know if they publicly tell you. Um, I would assume like X1 cores and stuff like that, but they might, I don't know. I don't know what they use. I know Google, uh, if you dig around enough, you can figure out it's two of the X1 cores and, you know, four A76 cores, I think, or something. And But at the end of the day, like those numbers and all those stats, it's, it's almost like Intel. Intel's finally starting to figure out like, huh, how do we just say yeah. this is whatever? And they're, like most people can understand, oh, this is a 12th gen Intel Core i5. That's all I need to know. And, and there's still six different types. There's multiple different core configurations. Mm-hmm. And there's multiple different blah, 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 and cache and whatever. But generally speaking, people just want to know, is it a 12th gen? Cool. Is it an i5 or an i7? I know i7 is better than i5 and it's better than i3. That's enough. Those are enough numbers for general consumers. All the other stuff just kind of gets in the way. Yeah, they're not going to keep up with it, and they're just going to get confused, and it gets convoluted, and then they go and go, this is too much. What is that Apple again? M1. Is it fast? Yeah. Cool. Let's try it. You know, and M1X is faster? Okay. Right. I mean, like, it it doesn't, like, you need to keep it simple. And so I think what they're doing, what Snapdragon's, or what Qualcomm's doing, even removing Qualcomm Snapdragon, it's just Snapdragon. 8 Gen 1, you know, and so again, the naming on here is a little weird with the plus. I don't fully get that, but whatever. So it's a Snapdragon 7C plus Gen 3 is what it is. Uh, it, but they're not giving us cores. It just says higher performance, but it's a 6 nanometer process. They're, they're quoting roughly 60% multi-thread. So if you're doing uh, multi-core stuff, 60% boost over the Gen 2. Uh, 30% single core performance boost over the Gen 2. 70% GPU boost over the 7C Gen 2, which is, that's that's a big number. Uh, so if you're getting 60% higher um, speeds, uh, if we if we communicate that in 
uh, Octane. I forget, what did we get on Octane on that thing, on the Gen 2? You care to crack it open and run it while we're sitting here? I don't have it. It's right yeah, there. It's right in your there. hand. That's, that's it. it? Oh, that's the bad. top one. <clears throat> uh, my bad. <laughs> he really hasn't used it. I, I swear, I thought this was the Asus. I think Chrome Unboxed is logged into that one. Okay. Um, I know those guys. No, it's already, it's already unlocked. <laughs> he can just run an Octane. Right. I think it was like 20,000 <clears> or something like that. So if we do quick math and say, okay, um, 20,000, if we're talking multi-core, because that's honestly what's... <laughs> Single core is important, but multi core honestly is what what really is going to keyboard is better than I anticipated. It is, especially at that one. Like this this new batch we got in fixes the trackpad. Just gonna like re- the trackpad was a little walking. Just gonna review this was while the we're sitting here. was the one that we got for review had it been opened or was it no they were in the box. Well, no, the he, box. he shattered the, a crispy brand new. <laughs> but the two that we got both of them had I don't know the trackpad was a little wonky on both of them. Uh, this one feels really good, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm wondering nice. if, if we might have had a, a run of just meh uh, <laughs> trackpads. So okay, so if if it gets twenty thousand, it's it's running. But say it gets twenty thousand, a sixty percent increase in in performance gets it up to thirty two thousand. And so when you consider it that way, if you're a benchmarks kind of guy, um, sixty thousand. Like, what is the tapping? To yeah. Sorry, that was me. That was me. My bad. Is that the my Chromebook? What's happening? Um, so I mean, that's a that's a big gap. Yeah. So a twenty thousand Chromebook is like uh, you know it's doing that's getting twenty four thousand logged right. in. So it, it might right. be able to push twenty five. So that well, tells me I don't think I ever ran it on the Gen two. Right. I just was like, this thing feels faster. It is faster. So let's run those numbers. Twenty four thousand. If we multiply that by one point six. I get you to thirty eight thousand. If that's, you're that's you Intel start level. An ARM chip that's running thirty eight thousand, that's yeah, yeah that's that's Core i five tenth gen mm-hmm. Comet Lake kind of performance. And that's not that surprising when you start talking about what MediaTek has said they're gonna be able yeah. to deliver in their their ARM chips when they come. So marry that, and I talk about this in the review, with the most ludicrous battery I've ever seen on a Chromebook. It's insane. Like what's it say right now? Like we uh, yeah, we were looking at this yesterday. So it says thirty four percent four hours left, and it's it just got done running benchmarks, so it just so that, got done taxing. I guarantee it'll go up to five the, hours here in just a minute. The percentage that I got on camera yesterday was what was it, Gabe? It was forty five. Yeah, and it was saying six thirty, six hours and thirty. Yeah, yeah. So we I mean, we calculated close to fifteen hours to with 15. the use that we were yeah, in. Doing. I, I honestly, I ran some tests where I was keeping mm-hmm. up with it. It was easily 13, 14 hours of use. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, like, and then when you shut it down, doing it goes to sleep. Here. And it's yeah. like they've really worked on the, you know, it's S0, S1, S whatever, like the different states it, it goes into. When it goes into sleep, it goes to sleep. I mean, it wakes right back up like no big deal. But it is not using it. It reminds me of using an iPad. Um, you know, if, if like, you've ever I had an iPad, you like, now and then. yeah, and I've, I open it and when I turn it on, it's right where I left it. Like battery wise, it didn't sit and suck battery while it was turned off. And this one doesn't, it's just fast and stays charged for a long time. So if you get they're they're saying the seven C plus they're saying multi-day battery. And so if they're, if they're talking about that, I mean, if we're in this 15, 16 hour battery and we get this kind of performance in that thin, it's what, six millimeters thick. Yeah. That kind of form factor. Ooh, you want to you want to know the benefit of ARM on a Chromebook? There These are the benefits of ARM on a Chromebook. Oh, and it's you all fanless. And you don't need silent. a bunch of fans in there, and you don't need all this other crap. Like, and I mean, MediaTek did this too. They were like, "Hey, we can take a thirty percent smaller battery and get what it was like sixty percent longer battery life than what an uh, an Intel Jasper like processor is going to get." I mean, yeah. it's impressive uh, what's happening in the <laughs> ARM ARM space. Yeah. And so we've been we've been we've, talking about we've been, it. We've been preaching it for. 
you know, Two and it's, it's ever, finally starting yeah. to show up because these the people who make these chips have to spend the time to make sure that Chrome OS is taking advantage of those things. Like the chip just sitting there isn't fixing itself. No. Like Chrome OS has to be able to leverage all that stuff. And, and now that there's enough parties involved, especially Google, I mean, Google, I think is probably more involved than they had been with, cause I know they're working on tensor and they're figuring out what, how they're going to bring tensor to, you know, to Chrome OS. If that's the case, they're, they're going to obviously be more apt to help and make sure that, you know, whoever's making, you know, Lenovo is working on this thing. What well, it behooves us to put a couple of our guys on to make sure that, you know, they're, they're getting out all the wrinkles and stuff. And I'm excited to see, like, I feel like the seven C plus, uh, is going to be a little more Chromebook geared, um, uh, than the, than the gen two and the gen two, I think is a little bit more than the gen one. Um, and I think MediaTek's offerings are going to be far more geared towards Chromebooks and, yeah, the the whole thing like you know this is built from the ground up for Chromebooks. It's probably a chip they would use for something else, sure. but they can make some small tweaks and modifications. Make sure that it's to make sure that well. hey, this is the best combo that we've got to put in a Chromebook, right. and then turn around and make Chrome OS take best advantage of those and it's things. It's funny because a year ago this conversation was ARM is minimally viable in Chrome OS. To fast forward a year from today, and you're talking heated competition in the ARM space for Chrome oh, OS. Yeah. And we're talking not just ARM is competing against ARM. MediaTek's teasing chips that could be on par with like Core i7. So you take I mean, those chips and then their partnership, obviously, with NVIDIA yeah, and those GPUs. GPU, battery life, all of that. Apple may be onto something, man. ARM might be the future of computing. I don't think I it's think, might. I, I think, think it is. I think yeah, the and Intel's almost been on the trying, but they... I just don't know what the, how they're going to continue They tried to, to do ARM for a little bit, and then they switched it all up and said, no, nah, we're going to do this, stick, this uh, chip stacking thing where they... And that just kind of fell flat like, on its face. I don't know well, what they're going to do. The issue then becomes, okay, if Intel clearly right now, like... It's been this slow, like, gaining. They've Excuse been gaining, me. gaining, 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 gaining. And it's like ARM in all its variations is is getting to the point now with Apple, especially kind of being the, the front runner, where it's like, oh, performance is parity now. Mm-hmm. Actually, in a lot of ways, performance is better on ARM. But when it you has consider battery for, life and stuff. And yeah. specific things. So, yeah, I mean, TDP and all that kind of stuff. Yes, you could probably get a Core i9, 100 billion core Intel thing with a bunch of stuff. Yeah, probably out, outpace uh, Apple, but you're also going to use the equivalent of 10 MacBook Pro power to do so, and heat and generated and fans and all that kind of stuff to get there. But in general, the performance gap is has almost closed just across the board. I mean, when you start talking about Chromebooks that obviously are not uh, Snapdragon or a MediaTek Chromebook is not nearly as vertically integrated as Apple's M1 and, and Mac OS and that kind of stuff. It's it's getting better aligned. It's not fully fully integrated the way that, that Apple does it. You start talking about those kind of numbers already in Chromebooks. Like we're starting to get to the point where exactly what is the purpose again? Other than if you're going to tinker with Linux, there's some Linux stuff there. But apart from that, like why why wouldn't you choose an ARM Chromebook? Used to as a performance thing, but now that that gap is going to go away, now you have better battery life. You have thinner form factors. You don't have fans. You got better Android performance for sure. Pixelbook Pro with a Tensor chip. That's what's going to happen. And like. oh, yeah. it's going to have a dope GPU in it, and it's going to be a pro Chromebook. 
It, I mean, it'll be a beast, and it'll be super thin. And it's going to be integrated, right? It's all going to be yeah. Chips going to be built for Chrome OS, right? Yeah. Um, and you know, Ooh, like we're saying twenty twenty three. And while yeah, I don't a, want to say we called it, but we called it. <laughs> well, well, you know, the whole twenty twenty three thing's a little bit of a bummer. But yeah, you know, I wrote this long is, piece is, this week that didn't do anything. Um, I'll link it in the description so at least you guys can go read it. <laughs> Somebody will read it. Wow, salting? <laughs> wow. He did. He said, what, what did you I say? I said, I really hope this yeah. does something, but this feels like a piece that yeah, I really call, poured like, my you, heart into yep. and it's just not Yeah, that's exactly connect. what I was say. Sometimes we that's, write stuff and we're happens. like, man, this is, this is my heart poured out on a page and I really needed to get this out. And it feels so good to write <laughs> one of those pieces. And you're like, I, I fleshed this out, so that's great. But there's always that disappointment when yeah oh yeah of course people don't yeah you know. well Robbie even went as far as calling it his opus yeah it didn't hit the news <laughs> or whatever but ultimately speaking like it was you know hey Google's not making a Chromebook uh, Pixel uh, or a Pixel Book or Pixel Book Go or Slate or anything probably until 2023 and. There's good reason for right. it, right. Um, and we've talked about it. Like we fleshed it out on this podcast, so I'm not going to do that again. Um, I think it was two episodes ago. Yeah, we'll link it. Um, yeah, I have to figure out which one it was because it I don't. It was kind of sort of related to what we were talking about, kind of like this is now. Uh, well, I don't know. This we're talking about ARM and stuff, so it kind of makes more sense here. But you know, ultimately, Google makes their device, their Chromebooks are still halo devices. I mean, that's what they are. They're, they're the lighthouse. They're like, let's show you manufacturers to how to get there. And that's what they've always done. And I think that's what they're going to continue to do because of their position with their manufacturing partners. This is not Android. This is, they are not entering to compete. They 100% work with, we're right here on the table. We have an Asus Chromebook. We have an HP Chromebook. We have a Lenovo Chromebook all sitting open and I'm looking at them right now and going, Google's fingerprints are all over all of these. Like, I don't open any of them up and think like, oh, I hate what HP does with Chrome OS. No, it, it's Chrome OS. It's exactly the same as it would be on that one and on this one. It's a different hardware and whatever, but ultimately it's it's Chrome OS. It's a Chromebook, and there's a reason for that. It's because Google is heavily involved and invested in each of these Chromebooks that come out. And so... They're not, they don't want to introduce a Pixelbook to compete with these people. They want to introduce a Pixelbook to show, hey, here's the next thing. Pixelbook was, here's folding form factors with pens. And Pixel Slate was, here's tablets, oops. And then Pixelbook Go was, here's thin, well-built, clamshell, no frills, great hardware. Here's how to go do that and make this like on-the-go kind of idea where you can marry some some ideas about you know saving some money but also creating a great Chromebook experience and I again the Pixelbook Go is a super understated thing that I think is responsible for some of these Chromebooks that are for sitting sure. around because people are like oh you know yeah we, maybe if we cut out the fingerprint scanner and we cheap out on this part but then make sure that the build quality feels good like people will be happy and they will be like you don't have to nail every single thing and charge twelve hundred dollars for it some of those are fine but for the vast majority choosing the right corners to cut. Like Lenovo, is, I think, is brilliant at doing this. They know how to cut the right corners mm -hmm. to still make a really great Chromebook. And I think the Pixelbook Go is part of that. Like the Flex 5 is, I think, a direct derivative of the Pixelbook Go. And so Google doesn't want to compete with these people. They want to, to bolster them. They want to hold them up. Yeah. And so because of that, they only put a Pixelbook out to show the way. Yep. And, and yep. 
Yep. So what way would they be showing by? Because I, you know, they, they just need to make a Pixelbook Go Gen two, yeah. whatever, you know, yeah. just put Alder Lake in it or whatever. But what yeah. point would it serve it, in the Halo yeah, thing? That's true. If it because uh, Wired I think wrote or uh, crap I can't remember who it was. Input now. Mag did the input the, Mag. They're just they're going to let the the Pixelbook rot. You're missing the point. Like you don't understand the fact that. The Pixelbook line, Google's line of Chromebooks, isn't meant to compete. They're not concerned with the market share of the name of Pixelbook. Like, we talked about it on here all the time. Like, they've got such good brain awareness. Why wouldn't they, you know, yeah, why wouldn't they do update this? It. Because yeah. they don't care about that. They're not trying to compete with all these other manufacturers. They just want to show them, hey, guys, here's what we're doing with Chrome OS coming up. And we've built a piece of yeah. hardware to kind of highlight some of those things that you can do. And so what would be the next clear thing? Like what else are these laptops going to do? I mean, I'm looking at the HPC uh, elite C 1030 with its backlit keyboard and fingerprint scanner and USI stylus support, and bunch of ports and fantastic keyboard and firm build quality and plenty of port selection and glass trackpad and 400 nit screen and three by two aspect ratio. And like, I can't wait by the way for the update of this device, Redrick's, uh, it's I, it's just going to be awesome, but it's it's a beautiful, awesome Chromebook. I love this Chromebook. What else exactly do you want out of a laptop? And what else is Google going to be like? Ooh, here's where we're going. Where clearly our whole conversations have been about ARM and these new chips and these new processors and more custom made SOCs. They show up with Tensor. That's a reason for the Pixelbook yep. to come back, and and so they're going to wait until they have it, until they have it done right, and. That's what needs to happen. I wish it would happen in 2022, but, but it might they, be fall they also, of 2023. But they know. also don't want to. They don't want to rush it because, like you said, no. this needs to be a Halo device. And so, if they were to rush it and put it out and it's not good, then right, then it, well, then it didn't serve its purpose. Exactly. It needs. And they, to, I, hopefully, maybe they learned their lesson with the slate on that one. They the were slate's like, the only felt one a little I feel rushed. Like, yeah, they they just kind of dropped the ball on. They they didn't it, like it. Just did get baked enough. Yeah. Um, but the Pixelbook and the Pixelbook Go are such oh, great so, so devices. Great. So great. And even the Chromebook Pixels yeah. were both like, they were so far ahead of their time. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I still like, I Wildly would love, ahead I of their time. I want to have a 2015. I bought one cheap on eBay, but half the screen went dark. Let's let's find one. We need to find we'll one. Because we ha- I don't think you have to have, well, we have the, you used to have the 2013 one, don't you, Game The uh, Pixel? Yeah. So yeah, 2015 completes the set. Uh, well, we need a Pixelbook too. Like I owned a Pixelbook for a long time, but we need it. We need to have Google's Chromebooks just around. Yep, they're great. They're great for photos. They always look good. Oh yeah, and they're workable. Like you can still work on a Pixelbook. It doesn't matter that it's a seventh gen process. Yeah, we were it's, we were down getting some tacos the other day, and someone walked down to show us a a menu of a new restaurant that's coming on the square, and had his Pixelbook and. And kind of flipped you know, it around flipped and handed it around. It and we're just, just like, I'm just like holding it. And I was like, oh, this thing's awesome. This thing's like, so good. I don't care how old it so is. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I kind of want one now. So so there you go. <laughs> there you go. There's 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 Robbie's uh, heart poured out. Go yeah. read his article. Yeah, please. Make, make it feel better. If, All right. if everybody who listens to our podcast goes and reads it, it'll, it'll get enough page views to make me feel less sad. Yeah, please. Please go do it. Make Robbie happy. Share okay, it. We're going we're gonna to take a quick break for an ad and we'll be right back. This podcast is brought to you by NordVPN. We recommend the service and we use NordVPN because they keep your browsing secure and private on any device. Whether you're using a Chromebook, an Android device, a Mac, an iPhone, or a Windows device, NordVPN is going to protect your browsing. 
They also have 24-7 customer support in case you ever have any issues, and they offer a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you want to learn more and maybe give it a try, head over to chromeunbox.com forward slash Nord, N-O-R-D. Today's episode is brought to you by Cameo. If your organization is looking to adopt Chromebooks, but you need to give your people seamless access to all their apps, including Windows apps, Cameo is the simplest and most secure and most cost-effective way to deliver all the apps your people need to be productive on Chrome OS. Cameo is a Chrome Enterprise recommended virtualization solution and is deeply integrated with Chrome OS and the Google Admin Console, making it easy for you to push any app as a PWA to your Chromebooks. And now you can take advantage of a special Chrome OS and Cameo bundle that makes it easier than ever to test. If you're interested, you can head over to cameo.com forward slash unbox. That's C-A-M-E-Y-O dot com slash unbox or click the link down in the show notes. Alrighty, welcome back everyone. So there you have it. There was some there's some cool stuff going on with ARM. We've talked about this a lot. But there's some cool kind of software stuff happening too, especially with um, the next version of Chrome OS that'll roll out, 97 coming, which will kind of get us on this four-week cycle. So 96 has rolled out, and Gabe, you said there's maybe not a ton in this one, but there's still some stuff. There's a few things. Um, Um, Yeah, so the camera updates... Um, the ability to scan documents with the camera is officially available for everyone. So I guess it must have been a staged rollout for maybe like rapid release workspace or something of that nature. Um, but it's open to anyone. So similar to what you can do with your phone, I think. Uh, Which I love. And oh, I think it makes a lot of sense to have on a Chromebook. It is so awesome. Especially on, on these I'm tablets. I'm trying to think through like the, yeah, the tablets make sense. I'm on my Chromebook that only has a front facing glass. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. Not so much on that. <laughs> the tablet is really where it makes sense. Yeah, I don't really know how to hold the, I don't know how to hold it. So you can scan QR codes. So I guess like if you had something on your phone, like a QR code you wanted, you'd be like bloop like that. But oh, yeah, yeah, that could be neat. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so yeah, as far as scanning documents, some devices are are going to do better than others. Maybe you lay it on the keyboard yeah. and you just tilt the screen down. Yeah, there you go. I don't know. Seems sure. like it'd be super skewed. We could do our thing where we use the box to do the what and do it like this, like the yeah. overhead scanner. There yeah, you yeah, all can't see this. Simple. But yeah, I'm being I'm being silly with this. So, so yeah, there's that, and um, but it's cool because it frames your document for you and it kind of detects the edges and stuff. It's just stuff that makes things a little easier, makes it easier to get things into digital format, and that's the reason why we love it on our phones. Because like for for um, receipts and things like that, you just pop open your phone. Uh, you can pop open Google Drive and scan it directly from Google Drive, and as they evolve that into tablets, and and that's probably where the focus for this is, honestly, is convertibles and tablets. It will be very, very useful. You have a contract or something, yeah. You need to tweak, and it's on a hard copy, and you just need to get an electronic copy over to somebody real quick, and you don't want to walk to the other end of the office to scan it and then put it in your computer and email it. Just boop, gone. Yeah, super easy. And the cool thing is, I think those. Uh like the way Google Drive handles it, which um, maybe, I don't know if it's the exact same tech. It's probably pretty much the same stuff. Um, I'm sure the camera resolution doesn't matter as much because it like flattens everything when it scans it in. Right. So like using these, <laughs> I snagged a couple sample photos on the uh, Duet 5 
yesterday. Yeah, the camera's so terrible because you click the button and it, it, it does a little blink animation. You're like, cool. It actually takes the f- didn't take the photo until you see it appear in the tray. Yeah. And so you end up with super blurry photos because yeah. it's like, that, that, that feels like that's on the camera app to me. Yeah, that one wasn't so bad. Maybe this... I don't know. I, di- I didn't notice that as much. If you were taking still photos, you wouldn't have noticed it. Yeah. But if you're taking photos of someone else and you're like, yeah. got it, you'll, no. what you'll end up with is their head yeah. turned or whatever. But looking at the resolution on them afterwards, I was like, Ugh. and that was in a very, very well lit area. So anywho, I mean, still like being able to utilize, especially tablets. Like if, if you, if you have a duet five and you need to snag a photo of a receipt, that makes sense. Yeah. So, but also for the camera, uh, this probably more, probably might be more, might be wider used. I don't know. They've uh, added like pan and tilt controls. If you're using an external camera that has access to that. So like the, what's the one that starts with a P, um, it's one of the ones like the higher end cameras you see in like the Google Meet kits and stuff. Yeah. Anyways, it, it, there are a lot of cameras that have it. If you have a camera that has the ability to pan and tilt, you can adjust your angles and stuff, which is very helpful. You know, that's I mean, as we do virtual things and we do meetings, we we've learned that uh, we need to up our virtual meeting game a little <laughs> bit. So yeah, I mean, thankfully we have we have no shortage of like nice cameras around here. Yeah. But uh, but honestly, know, getting one of those sets with just the the really good meeting yeah. camera and yeah. then the the speaker thing that's in the middle that has great mics and good speakers and is built for that kind of thing like having that close that that would be pretty cool um honestly it's probably something we need to look at or ptz pro that's what it is yeah until zoom uh and and maybe the i don't know maybe we can get somebody to uh to let us have one to yeah. review yeah, it. It's Logitech. There you go. Yeah, we can. That would that would actually be kind of neat. Hey, to, I, to know try. A, I, yeah. know, I know. I know a guy. We're still uh, we're <laughs> we're still doing virtual meetings for a while. We've been in more yeah. of them lately. Well, than. but but <laughs> but part of it is just being a business in Elizabethtown, Kentucky. Like we're gonna right. always have virtual right. meetings regardless. What you're hearing think, right now is a justification for us to spend yeah. some money on this or try to find one. Yeah. But but for it's somebody real time. for somebody like Kenny and them, who's a local marketing firm, works with local clients, uh, they're still probably doing quite a few virtual stuff. Yeah, you know, it's, it's still, like oh, it's based on the oh, it's this day and age and COVID and all that kind of stuff. For us, even <laughs> even if there was no COVID, also just, we're still going to end up doing it because yeah, of our for, for a lot of things, it makes sense. Is there value in sit down meetings? Of course, I learned that going out to the. You know, media sure. tech summit. Like sitting down and talking to someone is very different than chatting on a video call. But I think for a lot of things, it makes for a lot sense. of things, it's, and yeah. it's still gonna, it's just gonna keep happening. So cool. Get the meeting done, and yeah, there we go. We'll try to get one of those Logitech. Maybe what else we got? Anything else? So yeah, not, uh, no, nothing nearby, major. Nearby uh, share. Near, that Android. is kind of a big deal. So you can you can now use nearby share for android apps that are on your device which honestly was kind of a weird omission in the first place but there were probably a lot of moving parts involved because you're passing through uh technically passing through a container and well no is it or is it using arc vm now it is isn't it what's that so android apps are they using uh, it's back it's yeah. Well, anyway, right. so, we're, we're in a we're in a limbo. Yeah. So, right but anyways, not everyone's on ArcVM. And yeah, so. I don't ever want to make it sound like these things are like super easy because I have no idea how a lot of this stuff works. So, yeah. Anyway, exactly. So you can use nearby share on that, and then they revamp the app notification settings, which is cool. I don't really fiddle with my notification settings on my Chromebook very much. They're either on or they're off. So and, yeah, yeah, kind of the same way. I mean, it's nice to be able to go in and turn some of them off. Sometimes it's like that. On a Chromebook, I don't need to see that notification. It's just kind of pointless. So that is kind of helpful. 
but yeah, it's, these are small updates. Yeah, um, yeah. And ultimately, what they're for me, what is more exciting about '96 rolling out? Like the first thing I thought when I saw that date it hit, I'm like, oh, cool, '96 is here, so we can get to '97, right? Which will be much faster than previous updates because yeah, the, the like, cycles are all back in in line now with Chrome browser, and everything's going to be on a four week schedule from here on out, as long as there aren't any you know hiccups or bugs or anything. So. And the because of the holidays and stuff, they've extended even for Chrome, like the four week release cycle isn't hard for. 96 to 97 um, because obviously there's so much going on. I'm sure they have developers taking time off and whatever. And so I think I can tell you the exact date um, of when it is going to actually update to 97. 97, yeah. So 97 is due out January 4th. Oh, I was um, going to say second. And so it's the 4th and 6th. And it looks like from here on out, once we hit 97, um, it's Chrome hits all desktop stuff uh, on one day and then two days later chrome os will follow and that's how it's it's scheduled out that way and and it's all four weeks indefinitely well that's great because it's going to land right when we're kind of busy with other things but whatever yeah so that'll they'll literally be right smack dab in the middle of ces yes yep that's perfect that's fine yeah whatever we'll uh, we'll roll with it we'll figure it out Uh, like we do there's a chance and i don't know that this is necessarily going to be the case but there's a chance that um Chrome OS 97 could come with the move to LaCrosse. Uh, and if you're not familiar with that, it's just the separated Chrome browser from Chrome OS. I mean, all yeah. signs are pointing to it. It's getting really close. Uh, you would think that if you ran beta uh, 97 right now that they would already be doing that. And honestly, if you don't know where to look and you don't look hard enough, it might be. <laughs> That's my thing is that I initially thought it was really odd that Google has still made no mention of it, but the more and more they tweak it and refine it, it's so good. More, you can't tell. That's the thing. I don't think they have any intention of saying, Hey, look, here's this new browser for Chrome OS because the only real difference other than it being uncoupled from the operating system is uh, multi-user support, yep. which is huge. So I think once lacrosse is ready, it's going to be presented as a new feature. Here's this new feature in Chrome OS no one's going to say a word about how they did it or that you're actually, cause it's, it's an, from what I understand, it's a tweaked custom version of a Linux Chrome browser. Oh yeah. That's running. So that's what lacrosse is, right? Yeah. Linux, Linux and, and Chrome, Chrome OS. OS so what that stands for, but it will have it. The, the other advantages to this is that they'll be able to push security updates to the browser if they need to, without having to run a Chrome OS incremental. This will help them keep the four week update cycle on Chrome OS. Right. Because now the they can, they can be thinking about stuff they want to do for Chrome OS without also being like, Oh, we got to make sure that that doesn't, bork any of the security stuff like the the chrome os or the chrome team can be working on chrome os the browser because it's going to be the same version that goes to mac os and windows and linux because it's going to be linux it's going to be a linux version basically um it's just a very customized container they've put this in and that props up all the things we've said about how good these containers can be if the time is put in it's like it's not been like two months that they've been doing this it's been a couple of years i feel like that they've been working on lacrosse so yeah, it takes time, it takes effort, it takes a lot of stuff to make these containers work. But if if the money and the time and the effort is there, but like people really want it, like you could. You can make a custom container for probably anything on, on yeah. a Chromebook as long as it runs in Linux, obviously. Well, I mean, I, I say that. Well, no, it doesn't Windows. have to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean our, our VM will be a Android framework. It's just the container has to have the framework for whatever things are running in right. it. I mean, if you well, wanted... Well, 
what'll be super interesting is to see how because I think you're right. I think I don't think Google's going to come and be like, "Hey, everyone, we decoupled." God, they might. I mean, they might say that or fi- find a a clean way to say that. But to the end user, it doesn't matter. It's the browser is still in or the Chromebook. Like it's just delivered in a different way. So the underpinnings of how that happens probably don't matter that much to general users. But how do you? And we don't even know how it's going to work exactly. But like, I'm pretty sure the the um, profiles that you have and to switch in Chrome. So if you go to Windows or Mac or Linux, you can switch profiles. I'm pretty sure they're going to tie that to the profiles that are on your Chromebook. So yeah, it's not like with Gmail. So for instance, I have one profile on my Chromebook right now. It's just my, my personal one inside of that. I go and log into my Google stuff and I add extra profiles in my Google account uh, in order to do this. I think it's going to be tied to that specific thing not the same as um, logging out of my Chromebook and logging into my Chromebook with my, for instance, my Robbie at Chrome Unboxed account. Like, I, I'm i trying to figure out the scenario where both of those things would even be necessary anymore. Like, the whole reason that you log into a Chromebook, unless you want a managed Chromebook um, experience... The whole point that to log in as a different user mainly would be because you want all your Chrome stuff to be come along with it. We don't need to do that anymore. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting, like figuring out how they create that narrative to say, here's how you'll handle multiple sign-ins. So I guess if it, it's going to be, it actually kind of makes more sense now if I think about it. Like if my wife and I are sharing a Chromebook, like I when I log in, I need to be able to access my personal account, my work account, and then our kind of shared Chrome unboxed Google account. I have all three of those always on, mm-hmm. but I, I like them to be siloed into my thing. So I don't want my wife logging in and then being able to just switch to, oops, I accidentally was in your Gmail and sent this email to somebody, you know, whatever. I don't know uh, the, the mess that that kind of creates. You still want to silo the user, you know, so that Chrome, Chrome OS feels like it's you, when she's logged in, it's her version, but she could have her multiple accounts logged in. I just think this is going to take the need to have multiple accounts logged in on your Chromebook way down. Yeah. Like, I, 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 unless I you're do. sharing the device with another person, there there won't really be a need for that as I much I do like anymore. the quick, you know, keyboard account shortcut uh, to switch when you sign into both. But having that'll, it all... That'll go away. Yeah, having it all now on one, I'll just log in with my... Probably with my personal. Yeah. Which is like my normal kind of my account, my Google right. account. And then I'll add my work... My work Chrome browser, right? Basically, which is all I need. I just yeah, I, you'll add it to Chrome OS because you'll it like when I log in, I cannot log in. I can't go to Gmail, for instance, and log in a different account than is on this Chromebook without it taking me through Chrome OS's login thing. Like it wants to say, okay, this account it's just like Android. This account has been added to this Chromebook, and now when you go to log in with anything Google, it's a selection, it's an option, Android or web-based stuff it, it gets both of them uh, and that's handled really well and i've seen a bajillion commits around them tying lacrosse's account switcher to the chrome os account switcher so that's a good thing nice. like yeah no that i think it'll be too. clean and again if it's that clean no one needs to <clears throat> really know that it how they're doing this who cares like hey we've added a new feature account switching in chrome done Right, and we've talked about this a million times. That's what users want. They just yeah. want things. They want they yep. want to know the feature. And it goes back to when we sold when I sold cars. You have to have a feature and a benefit of the feature. That's right. all the users want to know. What is it? How's it work? And why do I need it? 
or what is it? How do I use it? Not how does it work? They don't care how yeah. it works. They yep. don't care. This the back end result. matters. And if someone's coming from Windows or Mac <clears> and they're like, yeah, hey, I'm going to try a Chromebook out. Well, guess what? Just like Joe has always kind of been aggravated about, they're just going to be at an account switch like they had on their other devices. It's, it's not going to be any different other than the fact that it's going to force them to register that account for that Chromebook, obviously, uh, for other things. But that's kind of what you want anyway. I mean, I want to be able to, if I open up an app and I've got my work email signed in, and that's the one I use for like Google Analytics, yep. I want to be able to just select that account and yep. move on and yep. not have to go, well, now i got to log into this one. And so Chrome OS will now take care of all of that. Yeah, and it's nice about that. siloed like, yeah, package. Like that it's, makes it's good. It's gonna be dope. Yeah, it's gonna be dope. So one thing I didn't write it down, but we talked about it a little bit before we started rolling. What's the deal with Borealis and that stuff? I had that in my notes on here, and I like, just it? didn't even say it. But I'm gonna let Gabe talk about that. Yeah. So um, Android Police had reported they found a commit. Uh, we originally anticipated Borealis, which is Steam native Steam on Chrome OS, uh, coming out sometime mid 2022. But obviously, it's gotten pushed back. There's still things in the work. They're still trying to. Uh, connect some pieces with the graphics and all that stuff. Uh, Luke Short that did some work with us, uh, tore some of that apart, and it's on our site. Uh, but they discovered a commit where they were adding a beta flag for uh, Borealis. Now, it's not beta channel. It's beta cor- beta Borealis. So it's kind of like Linux was in beta for a couple of years. Borealis is probably going to be in beta for a little bit. Uh, but it looks like the commits already merged. So as soon as we actually get the next Canary update, it should be there. I went ahead and, and enabled Borealis on my device in Canary using some some uh, acrobatics. It's still not working. Uh, <laughs> and then and then Gabe's screen just randomly shuts off. Yeah, right and then and like then. <laughs> my images are all messed up. It, it's we, great. We may or may not have been in the middle of a pretty important call and at the end the screen just went full glitch oh yeah it was great that was <laughs> note to self don't use any yeah. of Gabe's devices for well it was because they the other device we had wouldn't charge we had it plugged in and it wasn't it, it like it wasn't yeah, charging it totally so. anyway so uh <laughs> it looks to, like the, throw that yeah in. the next canary update should have at least the flag for borealis that doesn't mean it's going to work uh, but Canary's in 98 right now, so I'm I'm guessing Chrome OS 98, which is February 2nd, we might see um, Steam come out. Yeah, I'm not sure how they're going to announce that. It would be a shame if they waited for I/O, but I don't know when else they would announce it. Now I I presume that Valve has some sort of presence at CES. Obviously, Google does. It'd be really dope if they previewed it or teased it at CES, maybe with a presser or something like that. But at this point, who knows? Yeah. They're obviously going to want to get it into Canary and then into Dev and, and test it out be, for a few weeks before they roll it up because be really, this is going to be a big deal for Chrome really OS. really dope to see some stuff at CES. I don't see them doing that. From Google's perspective, it, maybe someone else at, like, maybe, ooh, what if, like, Acer had a... This is just a wild thing, but I'm telling you, Acer hinted in in not specific ways that this is i, I they never said this but yeah. just from the conversations we've had with them like i i feel like a predator yeah gaming laptop chrome, chrome os book. chromebook thing whether it's a uh, chrome all in one or it's a chromebox it's a chromebook something there's going to be a predator chrome os machine uh, at some point it'd be like who knows what it's going to be but yeah 
that would be amazing. And that's Can the awesome imagine? thing is with what we've, when we've talked about this with what we have in Chrome West, Tiger Lake, and then Alder Lake coming. They don't have to really do a whole lot. Google's done all the legwork as far as packaging Steam. They know it's going to work with it. all they have to, you know, GPU access and all that stuff. Because that's one thing I've noticed is that these new GPUs in the Tiger Lakes, they're powerful. They really are. They're up there with some like mid low range graphics cards. I'm not seeing my Chromebook leveraging the GPU. No. Even with the flags enabled, uh, making sure they're enabled, running hardware checks and things. I was actually just tinkering with a, another uh, hardware checker that I've been using on Linux lately. It doesn't even see the GPU. Like, it's yeah. not even seeing it there. Uh, and then you can get, like, Virgil and uh, all that stuff running, which which Luke helped me out with some of that. But it's it should see that it has Iris XE graphics, right. and it does not. So there's still something that's not working there. So hopefully once... Well, that's tied to, like, all the Vulcan stuff, too, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, all so that, too. But the, that something, something is not allowing the the apps in the Linux container to see the actual graphics or recognize Cause like DaVinci, DaVinci works on, uh, Tiger Lake, uh, processors. You can use, it, it doesn't work great, but DaVinci will recognize Iris XE graphics. I've installed DaVinci and tried to run it. And when you get to the, uh, GPU detection phase of the installation process, it says it doesn't find a GPU. Hmm. So that tells me there's something that's gated on Chrome OS right, that's not allowing it. The because I really know for passing. a fact DaVinci will do it because I've seen guys do it on uh, Windows and Linux devices. So something's wrong there. But hopefully I saw the addition of Big GL, which is a version of OpenGL graphics rendering. That was added last week for Borealis. Okay. So hopefully once the container is launched, because it's going to be its own container, and I explained that in my article, is that we, we kind of thought maybe this was just going to be a, a customized Linux version of Steam for the Steam container that's on Chrome OS. It's not. It's its own container. You're not going to be able to tinker with it. You're going to be able to install Steam, and it's going to run. You're never even going to know it's a container, but it's going to have to leverage and access the GPU and all of that stuff. So hopefully they've already got all that stuff worked out before they fire it up. And whenever. the cool part about that is like you mix that lacrosse. Um, and I think I, I'm hoping ArcVM becomes 100% across the board, the standard as Android 12 L uh, comes out. Cause I mean, clearly they've, they've pushed a lot that 12 L <laughs> in the spring is going to be geared towards Chromebooks. I mean, like it's, it's part foldables, part, big screens but they talked about chromebooks a lot with this and so i'm hoping 12l shows up and they just arc vms ready to go across the board so now you've got uh, uh using the same tech that they've used for linux and the linux container they're building an, a new it's this new android container that should ostensibly work better um you've now got the lacrosse which is the primary <laughs> browser that's not like a uh, whatever if some people use it and some people won't Everyone who buys a Chromebook 100% all the time will be using the Chrome browser. Like, it's not like a, ah, I'm going to use that from time to time. It's central to de almost everything you do on a Chromebook. You can't screw that part up. You can't. You have to make it right before you ship it. Um, and so you'll have that. You've got, you know, you got Parallels, which is, it is what it is. And then you're going to have Borealis, you know, again, where it's a, I, yeah, I want Steam games on my Chromebook. Click a button and it just does its thing and it works. It's this, to me, once those things are in place and they're all working and working smoothly, it's like anyone else who wants to put 
your application onto a Chromebook. Yeah, it's it's a lot of work, but there's this huge audience for it, and there's an ability to go do it. And now they've kind of got the 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 ability to look back and be like, here's how we went about doing this. Here's how we got it done. Developers, if you would like to make your own container for a Chromebook, just reference what we've done and and follow suit and and build it and make it work. And you know, we're talking to you, Adobe. You know, you want to put your suite of creative stuff on Chromebooks that have GPUs and and Alder Lake chips and all this stuff. The path is right there. I mean, it's and it's going to have to be big companies that have bandwidth to do this stuff. I get it, but we don't need every piece of software on a Chromebook. We just don't. The web is getting so much more powerful. We have Android apps. We don't. We don't need every single thing. But some of the big players, it would be really cool to see uh, to see them show up. And so, yeah, I think Borealis is just part of this bigger move that we're seeing towards this this idea of like saying hey here's how chromebooks become more for people that need them to be and i I just don't know that everyone needs chromebooks to be that most people actually don't probably uh but it's cool for the people that are like i love i love my chromebook i don't want to be a windows or mac yeah you know what you know what a lot of average users do care about and this blew my mind and i I feel like I knew it was a thing, but I'd never actually done it. And I don't think anybody had talked about it. One of the biggest issues with Chromebooks for a long time was printing. And it's like that that was a reason for people to hate Chrome OS. They hated it. And then it got so much better, but nobody's talking about how much better it is. Oh, yeah. So uh, USB printing on Chrome OS has been a thing for quite a while, depending on which device you have. But like HP devices, they had a little plug-in you could use, a little extension you could use, and then that went away, and it just works. You can just plug in USB. But I never really thought, I guess in my mind, I thought, even though I'm plugging in with USB, the Chromebook still has to be connected to the Internet because it has to think. It can't, be, it can't think if it's not connected to the Internet. <laughs> it was what my mindset was. I walked in the office, uh, the other office yesterday, Disabled my Wi-Fi, plugged a USB cable into the HP printer, opened a document that I had downloaded in my files, and it printed. It's just mind-blowing yeah. to me. I, I don't know right. why. It's it just didn't even have like, to go get drivers yeah, for it. Yeah, That's, Chrome OS is just that. It's gotten that. Right. To be a thing that was a, a pain point. Yeah. Is now, I feel like it's almost a perk. But like, yeah, and Chrome is OS so in works. general, even if, like, if you have Android apps that run offline and things of that nature, it has become such a... And, and I think that's what Google's focus is, what we've been talking about, is just making things just work so that when consumers buy a Chromebook for the first time, things work as they ex- – because you, you have an expectation sure. of how things should work. Like, I, I, I buy a Windows laptop and I want to print something. I don't first think, oh, well, let me get connected to the Internet, you know. So it's just yeah. – kudos. I, I feel a big article coming because I just th- – I think Chrome OS is very undercredited for what, what it's done in the last five years. Yeah. yeah, printing articles always do well. Yeah, by that themselves. too. <laughs> it could almost just be like how, that too. How yeah. printing, you know, shows Chrome OS's evolution, maturity, maturity. Ooh, there you go. Maturation. Like the maturation. So, that so is Chrome someone, OS. Uh, I I asked you guys this question, but I'll ask it again here so that our our listeners uh, can get informed. Borealis Steam Gaming on Chromebooks. Do, how does it allow for your entire Steam library, or <laughs> since it's Linux based, is it only your Linux games? It is going to be. Hurt near your entire library. Set. Yes. So with Proton, which is the compatibility layer that takes it, it's like a really good version. It's not a version of Wine, but it's like you imagine Wine. It's similar. Yeah, but it's a compatibility layer that allows uh, Windows applications to run on Linux, Windows games specifically on Linux. That 
tied with Vulcan that they're working on full Vulcan support. If you have it in your game library, I think they said in Luke's chats was uh, uh, their goal is by the time this all launches to be at like 98% yeah. of the games. Well, that was a lot of that talk was centered around the, uh, what's their handheld device thing? The Steam Deck. Yeah, Steam yeah. Deck. That's why they're doing it. It's yeah. supposed to be out like next week because I, I had a pre-order. I went ahead and put the five bucks down or whatever it was to get my pre-order in early. Uh, yeah, mainly because I was just fascinated by the thing. Yeah, like it, it sounds really cool. Um, What's is the sorry to interrupt, but the new Razer one that was so that's a whole different. That's not Steam. No, that's a whole different thing. Um, so the the Steam Deck is literally a, a yeah. really powerful Linux PC in a in a you know a Switch basically a Nintendo Switch size, uh, but you can dock it and full PC and do that whole thing. I was actually going to get that for my daughter for Christmas and we had talked about it. No, you're not. Yeah. And so they, they delayed it till I think February or something like that. Um, which makes sense. Chip delays and whatever. Um, but the whole push for this compatibility layer that Gabe was just talking about proton that was for steam deck, but it was like, great because that just means better stuff for Chromebooks. I yeah. mean, it's, it's a direct correlation. It's not like, well, it might mean that they'll, no, it absolutely yeah, cause means. Yeah, because Steam Deck's running. It's just Linux. It's the, it's, is it their in-house Linux or? Yeah, it's, but it's, it's running. It's, it's yeah, a version know. of Linux. So. Yeah, it's, and it's, and so everything that happens with Proton working for that is going to 100% work for Borealis. It's the same exact thing. And so if a game, if, because it's running Steam at the core. So if it has Steam as the engine, that means that Proton thing that's there that is the compatibility layer is going to work on your Chromebook. So what that means is almost every game that you have in your library will run on your Chromebook when this launches, yeah. which is mind-boggling. As you, as you all explained it the other day, I remembered like Luke talking about that. And the, yeah, the I mean, it's, layer it's huge. How I mean, it's going to allow for basically your Yeah, I mean, because I, I think I have probably 40 games in my library, and I would love to be able to just, at any given point in time, just play them, because none of them are so graphic. I mean, this would handle them, but I, I just like to be able to play them whenever I want and not have to mess yeah. with... You know, getting a Windows device or doing this or doing that, whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, and I mean, I think it just ups. I mean, it, it massively improves their numbers too. For like, hey, if you want to write stuff for uh, Linux, great, but you don't have to like anymore. You could just make a game for Windows, like everybody seems to be doing anyway. You know, and then now Steam can go, hey, our library went from this to this massive bigger number because these millions of Chromebook users. This is the way that they'll play local games. They're, yeah, it's and that, not like you can go choose other things. I can't go to the Epic Game Store and do this, or go here and get do this. Ready. Yeah, it's got to go through Steam. Get our, ready for some yeah, game. Yeah, early games on we talked about 100%. this, and I think uh, some other news outlets actually actually penned it this way. This will make Chrome OS the largest Linux gaming platform in the world. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Like overnight, doesn't mean everyone's going to use it, but the plat it's going to be available to more more devices via this channel than any other. Well, think about this too. Just not to, to go on a whole Borealis rant, but think about the idea of, of <clears> now. We were talking to somebody who works up here in the co working space. She was trying to decide, you know, not techie, just wanted a, a laptop to replace the one she's got. That's not great. And so we're we're showing her stuff, and I'm like, I don't know Windows laptops, and so I only want to recommend something I think is going to be great. Um, and so probably go with the Samsung Pro, whatever uh, Galaxy Book Pro, or a Surface device because we, you know, I've, I've used some of their stuff, and I know it's good. And 
you know, to get a nice, not even top of the line, to get just nice hardware. I mean, we were up in the fifteen to eighteen hundred dollars. Oh, no yeah. big deal. Um, and those were on sale. You know, from down from twenty one hundred dollars. It's like if you're going to buy this, you're going to have it for five years. It's no different. We just spend a bunch of money on a, on a Mac, you know, because we need to get something that we're not. We don't need to go buy another Mac in six months. We need to buy it and kind of be done with this for a little while. And so. You know, when we're looking at that, you know, and she's like, well, can we do this or can we do that? Or, you know, when we were talking about a Chromebook and I'm like, what's funny is eight or 900 bucks that you're cheaping out a little bit on a Windows PC is top of the line for a Chromebook. Yeah, I mean, the, how much and, is this? 11? Uh, the i5 or the i7? I, the boss, this one. I, I think said. it's 1100 bucks. 1100 bucks. You Not the most expensive Chrome you, you can buy because Dell has some stupid yeah, ones. That, I don't count that stuff. But this is the most powerful Chromebook in the world, and it's twelve hundred dollars. Talking, talking Asus CX9. Yeah, yep. CX9. CX9, i7, Tiger Lake, sixteen gigs of RAM, half a terabyte, fingerprint sensor. It's as premium as it gets. It's you spend twelve hundred dollars on a Windows device, you're on the low end of premium. Oh yeah, low. You're end. barely getting into a premium device, and so now all of a sudden you can buy something like that. Um, or, you know, spend probably eight or 900 bucks. Let's be honest. You can probably going to be able to go spend six or $700 if you're not caring so much about it being the most pristine hardware and get enough internal speed to be pulling down and playing steam games for six or 700 bucks. Like that's just not the case right now. I mean, you start just shopping windows gaming PCs. Now, granted, these aren't going to be on par with something with a NVIDIA, whatever i don't know i don't know video cards um you know it's it's not going to be that but we have thunderbolt 4 so external gpus are going to be able to be a thing eventually once eventually. they start showing up but not only that not like your triple a titles of course but like a lot of the steam games especially the ones i want to play they're fine i have played day of defeat on an old right. pixel running uh uh, uh crouton yeah, so it's I mean, not like they're it's that not like demanding. You need a ton of graphics, but even the yeah, I mean, the day I can plug an external, we need to go ahead and put that in the budget because we need one here for the day that <laughs> the it, day it turns it on. It might work now. Who knows? I, who knows? Yeah. I could see them really pushing for external GPUs once Borealis is rolled out, like because then you've got the clean, lightweight, cloud-centric device for the people that want that. But the people that need more, all they have to do is plug in the device they wonder, were going to have in the first place. I wonder, I don't think you Finding can use... Finding one right now would probably be very difficult. I don't think there's external GPU support for uh, the M1. No, they. I don't think so. Cause they, it's just unless they've added it recently. Yeah. I know, I know it wasn't available when it first came yeah, out. Yeah, when it launched it, it was not It thing. wouldn't be hard to find I was like, like, a, like a 1060. I mean, yeah, we, it doesn't have to have... We just need something that's Thunderbolt 4. Yeah. You yeah. Know. yeah. So, yeah, there you go. Okay, um... The only we, other thing I yeah, think I was going to say, you got to talk about your cast. Uh, the cast button and the Pixel Watch. Pixel oh, yeah. Watch is... Two things. There's not a whole lot. The Pixel Watch revived uh, stuff from, I think, Business Insider. Um, basically, that now Google is going to be like integrating Fitbit into Wear OS in some way, which they own Fitbit. Uh, and it's going to be this round watch with no bezels and custom watch bands because it's, it has no bezels, basically, uh, which kind of lines up with the pixel watch stuff that we've seen yeah which, Who's buzzing? Uh, that's me sorry robbie's buzzing um and so yeah the uh it's kind of a revived hope in the the whole pixel watch yeah. thing and 
and made me even more excited. To be honest, I was like, eh, it's going to be a, a different version of Wear OS or something when it first launched. I'm like, I, I'll get used to that. And that's fine. But now it's like, ooh, we're going to integrate Fitbit. Maybe it's an app integration or it could be system level. Oh, I hope it's system level. I do too. Um, but ultimately, I feel if it's like it's going to be because they're bringing some of Fitbit stuff into already, uh, yeah. the, the smart display yeah. stuff. I feel... It wouldn't make sense to leave them separate. I, no, I don't think so but at I don't, all. I, I could be wrong. I mean, because cause the, only, the only drawback there is if it, depending on how deeply it gets integrated into Wear OS, does that now get licensed to other watchmakers or do watchmakers not get the Fitbit bits? Fitbit, <laughs> Fitbit bits. Only, bits. That only comes on the Google Watch Maker. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they could 100% sure. do that. They own that. And so just like they do with their Android phones, there's going to be certain stuff mm. they'll hold back for... It's, and that's, and that's a reason like they do with, you know, some of the features that most of the features that come to Pixel will leak out eventually, eventually to others. Yeah. But, it but could not be all like of a, them. Yeah, yeah, but not, not all of them. It could be a couple exclusive features to the Google Watch, yeah. Pixel Watch, whatever OS, you want to call it. You know, by Google. But then everyone else just gets standard. Hey, it's not like that's what Samsung's doing, right? With their Wear OS. It's like this mix. Like, yeah, certain it's, yeah, Samsung it's called, pieces. It's called Wear OS with Tizen, 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 whatever, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, because oh. it's Wear OS, but they've integrated their stuff in. I could see it's Wear OS weird. with Google or yeah. whatever. I don't know. Or, you know, Fit OS. I think call it whatever they Wear, want. But fit, if yeah. they pull in some of that Fitbit stuff and launch yeah, a watch that looks like it, that I can Pixel. Hear it. Um, fit watch, fit, 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 Fitbit OS, pixel bit, fit wear, wear fit OS, wear wear OS. So Please call it the pixel it's bit, the pixel bit watch. We're just please don't do that. It's the pixel Google. band. That sounds. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's not really that much more to say about it. Uh, we don't have anything like, hey, for sure we're gonna get it. But like, this is a nice renewed bit of uh, gossip, basically, um, yeah. around this watch that. Makes me happy that I didn't cave. There's been a couple times I've been really close to getting the Fitbit since. Uh, my watch has kind of gotten beat up, and you know it. It's still even the Fitbit Two Versa Two felt a little bit laggy, and I know the Sense is pretty smooth. Like they finally got a better processor in it, but I'm like, I just keep holding off. I the Versa Two's okay, and I'm like, ooh, I might, I might just hold off now for sure and just wait around until whatever this watch is going to be. Cause have they given really any cool. sort of timeline on this stuff? Oh, uh, didn't they? I think they said, I thought there see, was Michael something wrote in, this. I um, thought there was but, something in the article, but I can't remember off the top of my head because I mean, I'm with you. I think I've kind of held off getting a new watch. I've, I've rocked the fossil gen five. Wait, what's the new one? The new one's the new gen six. Yeah. So I have the five and it's been fine, but the GPS just stopped working. So the, one of the primary reasons I bought that watch was for running and cycling. Right. And now the GPS just stopped working. Uh, whenever it's paired to my phone, obviously it pulls from my phone, but I run without my phone. So or I bike without my phone a lot of times. Right. So I want to just have my watch and the GPS has just stopped working. So I've kind of debated getting the new, uh, the new Fossil or maybe trying the Samsung Galaxy Watch 4 but I've kind of held off on that because I'm yeah. wondering about the Pixel so, Watch. So, uh, spring 2022. Yeah. Oh, spring's not that long. That's not That's not bad. Yeah, spring's going to be here before we know, know it. it. <laughs> Jake, you owe me wow. some barbecue. Right. We need to eat. <laughs> Done. Okay. So, Pixel last Watch. Thing. And the last thing. Cast. Robbie has finally, to fit it in. after a year or more of being mad about it, um, uh, YouTube Music on the web or via their PWA, which they have a PWA in the Play Store. So if you go to the Play Store, 
YouTube Music asks you to download the PWA. It just it does one of those, you know, you click the install and it just installs a PWA. They finally put a cast button. Question. Why well, wasn't it there before? Not to deflate you here. Uh, what, what were we talking about last week with the downloading stuff? Has that has that happened? Offline downloading. Offline downloads. It was like a it, so it was an experiment that they were doing. I think it's already done. Uh, so if you didn't see it, you don't have uh, it. So it's not a feature that's rolling no. out. So, but yeah. if you had the YouTube PWA, there was a you would have a clear download button right. under the video. Where Which you could that download. to me, I don't care about that. But we got insane excited because the power of PWAs. If that becomes a thing, where here's uh, the there question. has to be DRM stuff. Is it DRM? DRM. Is is YouTube? It should be right. It should be protected under a certain DRM. So, like, if somebody wants to download our video, they can't take it and go download it and open it up something else. It yeah. stays in YouTube. That's why there's not download options on right. the web. And so right. for that for YouTube, because you can't, you can't. No, yeah, not on the web. But yeah, it would app. have to. And there's no reason DRM. it can't. But it has to be just like. Uh, just like Android apps and stuff work. I have an Android app that's a paid Android app, and the content that I get from that Android app is, well, Netflix is an example. Netflix, I can download I can download for later, but the moment Netflix realizes I don't have a paid account anymore, gone. that stuff's gone. Right, and you can't get it so out of that silo. Yeah, I can't. There. It's not like that file is living I- I individually on my device. It's so downloaded now, yeah. and part of So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's there. So now it's, it's like a only accessible through that. And I'm sure they'll PWA be able to do that, that with a PWA, It's but that's probably a long play because you're going to have to figure out that stuff. Like, we have to look at this from every angle and make sure there's not a way that people can just go – Okay, I know where that file is now. I can get take it. it. Which I mean, people are going to find out anyway. There's YouTube rippers all over the internet. That that's not the point, but they need to cover their bases. But I think it's coming. I really it's, do. I, but I think that's the only way they could accomplish that. The YouTube download stuff. I think it can only be accomplished if somehow they've leveraged. They figured out how to leverage and silo those downloads in that PWA. And yeah. that's same a as, huge move same forward. Same as if Netflix eventually made their you know when you go to netflix and install it if it's a pwa you know and you want to watch offline there like right. those need to be protected somehow so but that means that even if it's a pwa that's that's the interesting part like you may have to quote unquote install it in order to basically flip that switch to give that access yeah to like your if hard you just drive. go to if there is you know because there is web there's web viewing for netflix oh yeah and and you can it's the way i would recommend watching yeah. netflix on a chromebook yeah it's better resolution but you don't get you any can't offline download yeah, exactly uh, yeah. but if they figure that out for youtube yeah they can it'll, share it'll those kind of apis and because because there's you know there is some obviously there's some code that's going into these pwas being oh, able yeah. to do what they do and so yeah it could just be something in there that uh, hey somebody somebody who knows pwas let us know yeah how's I mean, this working ultimately it's usually not that different than whatever the web interface is yeah. it's not like the like something magic happens when you in quote unquote install it it just is making a shortcut and cutting out all the chrome bits around right. it but the the web application lives on the web yeah at, at a url and so yeah hopefully because that that'll trickle down into uh, youtube music too yeah like youtube music i can download listen on my app I can't do that online. You'll be able to start. I, I want to download certain stuff of this stuff, and it goes into a protected file that I can't get to. It only plays through the YouTube Music PWA or web interface. I it's one. I, it feels like the, the it might be there. Like it's it's sitting there, and that this experiment was them going. Uh, we is think we, we cracked it. Like is this going to work? Because yeah. if they can prove that it works and it's secure and it has the proper DRM stuff. You don't need apps anymore to download. We need it to find someone. Content. We need to get in touch with our Google folks and see who's working on this. I'll hit a part. Yeah. Actually, that, now I'm thinking this about is, it. This could be some really cool news. 
Like, yeah, and I mean, I'm sure they, they probably are thinking about this stuff, but sometimes there's folks at Google working on things well, and they are in their little world. And you got to remember uh, YouTube is not Google proper. Right. They own YouTube. Right. But sometimes they don't work, communicate yeah, so, back and forth. All and, the time. And, and we're not saying that, yeah, this YouTube PWA being able to do this is instantly going to mean that Netflix is going to be able to do it, but it could be an interesting story. Right. It could yeah. be the stepping stone to get there. Yeah. And that's, that's a big deal. And yeah. so when we talk about PWAs and we talk about YouTube and all that kind of stuff, yeah, we can talk about casting. I love it. And casting. I'm super exciting. There's Finally. nothing else to say about it other than Finally. the fact that it's there. And I was so happy to, and to, your, vo- to, and your volume controls yes, work. So I had <laughs> the volume slider on the app when I'm casting controls my, all the smart speakers we have here yep. without having to do something else. And I know that sounds small and petty, but, it, it's, but I was man. so used to that workflow with Google Play Music, and it's just been gone, and it's annoying. And Spotify's cast is, it works sometimes. and some, it, it, They try to do too much crap with their casting protocol, like they've built in extra stuff on it. Just let me cast yep. from the from the web Simple. to this thing. And this works perfectly. It works exactly like, I, like I'd expect change tracks, do whatever I need to, to control the cast, and then I can just slide my volume in the YouTube music app. Yep. And, or not, yeah, in the YouTube music. I thought I said Google Play Music for a second. And it just works, and it just adjusts the cast volume. It doesn't adjust my device's volume. I'm adjusting the cast because that's what it's supposed to do. It's so it's good. Great. I'm so happy it it's here. It's laughably late, but, yeah, but it's, it's here, it's and here. I'm happy. It's here. Good work, whoever has been working on it. <laughs> yeah, just... You should have done it sooner. But thank yeah. you for keeping Robbie happy. <laughs> yeah, well, we don't it, like it when he's And pranked. next time, don't launch a YouTube application Without of any sort casting. that doesn't have some of the basic things that YouTube's had forever. Yeah. YouTube was the first service that had castability. Yep. How does YouTube Music launch without it? That's Well, that and you own both of those properties, YouTube and <laughs> Cast. So just, it's just don't do that. Just, yeah. just yeah. think about it for yeah. a second. All right, folks. Uh, we're going to get off here. We're going to go get some lunch. We've talked about transitioning to podcasting on Thursdays, but Robbie was out of town, and so we, we're we're here. It's Friday morning, and we're we're podcasting the old way. I guess we haven't really started the new way yet. Yeah, but the new way is going to happen. It's just the way, but we need to go eat some food. We're not doing freaky fast Fridays because it's been freaky slow. So we're going to go get some barbecue. All right, that's it. We appreciate you all tuning in and listening. We'll catch you next week. See ya. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. You can find show notes over at chromeunbox.com forward slash podcast. And if you want to stay up to date with everything that's happening in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS, make sure to check out our website, chromeunboxed.com and follow us on social media by searching for at Chrome Unboxed. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.